for breakfast tastes of the midwest that is just i think it's an amazing thing about our region is that we have a number of producers who are also um you know showcasing their skills in other roles as well Mm -hmm. and that gives them you know a great community depth so okay Alrighty. All right, everyone ready? Wait a minute, yeah. just let, make me sure I don't ruin things with a phone call, you know. Well, I did remember to shut mine off. Yeah, I'll just make sure I put that down. All right, so yeah, back for 2024. It is Taste of the Midwest and uh, joined once again by Gilly. How are you doing? Hi, mate. How are you? I'm super excited this year. I'm loving your pink shirt. For everyone who Thank can't you. see the studio, pink jumper with eyes on the front. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> um, thanks for having us back. I'm, yeah, very excited about the year of mm. food and beverage in our region and what's coming up. Yeah, I- I'm very excited as well. It-, it is one of the favourite parts of my job, but getting to chat with you and meet these different people from around the Midwest because I get to learn uh, every now and then I get to taste, but I just get to discover as well mm. um, because there are so many hidden gems and, you know, people are just moving to the Midwest or people who may have lived here for quite a while may not even know uh, that there are these local producers or where to get this local food as well. Um, so it's just a great opportunity and I'm very happy that it's back for 2024. And um, look, it's a bit of a mad dash today as we're recording. We're going to record with someone else. Uh, that didn't work out and uh, you're able to bring in uh, someone just as amazing. Correct. Well, look, and I think that's the thing. This is a great opportunity, not only for the general public to learn more about what I call local, local, local produce, but also for our producers to come in and share a little bit of the background of Mm. their story. So, and sometimes that means a little bit of short-term turnaround. So I'm very grateful when we introduce our guest today. But I also just wanted to give our listeners a little update on what's coming up in the next couple of months. So a few key things. We've got We are running again for the third year, which is fantastic, the Midwest WA Food Marketplace in conjunction with the Shoreleaf Festival. So I'd really love our listeners to bookmark Sunday the 28th of April as we'll have a great deal of our local producers together again. We're partnering again with that with the Midwest Development Commission and also Central Regional TAFE and it's looking to be bigger and better even than last year. Our first year we had four stall holders in 22, 23 we had 17 and this year I'm going for 25 yeah, so great. it's going to be a crowded day but it'll really allow everyone to get up and personal with local produce and um, the TAFE team and the students will be cooking up again with their hospitality showcasing local produce and we'll have all of our producers there so that's <laughs> one of the things. The second thing is that at the moment the uh, Food Industry Alliance uh, we are redoing a little booklet that people might have seen around it was called A Taste of Greater Geraldton and in support uh, with Deep we are now producing the second edition of this. So it's going to be called A Taste of the Midwest and it'll be both online and also um, you can download it as a PDF as well. (laughs) And that's going to feature all of our producers in the region. So it's going to be fantastic resource for our food services and hospitality teams who want to get closer and order local produce to put on their menu. Mm. And it's an opportunity again for the general public to really learn what's happening. So lots 
lots of things um, kind of uh, on the agenda for 2024, but just those couple of ones yeah. um, starting. That's so, brilliant. yeah, we're going to have a lot of chats this year, <laughs> Todd, because uh, for everyone, when we started, I reminded Todd that actually this is podcast number 15, mm. and we first started in December 2022 with our introduction. And I can tell you that I've at least got another 15 producers lined up for this year that I want to yeah. get into the studio. So, man, we're going to be busy. Yeah, no, 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 that's great. So think about it. I mean, yeah, because we haven't been doing the podcast for 15 months. So, you know, we've done multiple recordings yeah. uh, in sometimes in a week or, or, or in a fortnight or in a month. So, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Of course, you can find all those podcasts on the listener app as well. Uh, check them out. So a wide variety from, you know, bees and honey uh, to, uh, what was it, granola. We've uh, had granola. We've had oil uh, olive oil. To, um, what else we've had? Frozen yo- yogurt. Oh, yes, our frozen yogurt, yogurt Tobias. Yeah. Um, uh, Fusions Gelato, which is fantastic. So full range in there. Yeah, so, yeah, excited to, you know, bring more of our producers through this year. And I don't think we've had a producer, well, quite as eclectic, I don't think. As today's one? Yeah. Well, she wears a lot of hats or mm. she and he mm. uh, wear a lot of hats. And so let's introduce them. So at very short notice, and we're delighted that she was able to say yes, I have Leanne Barnon from the Chapman Valley Fishing Park. And there'll be a number of people who've been out to the fishing park, but they might not know the number of things that are actually happening out there. And so uh, actually when I rang Leanne this morning and said, help, we've had a cancellation, would you love to come in? And she said... <laughs> No. Gilly, I'm very nervous about it. And I said, that's okay. Todd and I don't buy and <laughs> we'll help you with this. But she'd actually just swung me. So I was super excited. There's a fabulous magazine. It's called Good Organic Gardening. And I'm sure a lot of our home growers probably know of this magazine. Well, on page 24 in the latest March-April edition, there just happens to be a four-page spread on none other than the Chapman Valley Fishing Park. Very nice. So, you know, great segue and lead into this. So, Leanne, welcome to the Taste of the Midwest podcast. Thanks, Gilly. Thanks, Todd. Great to have you here. And I suppose um, what I thought I'd do is just a quick overview. So Chapman Valley Fishing Park's been around for a while and Todd will dive down into the kind of the background of how it came to be. But there's, I suppose, three aspects to it. One is the fishing park itself from a tourism and, and aquaculture point of view. Secondly, Leanne has this fabulous hothouse out there which grows an enormous range of fresh vegetables. And um, that came about via what's called a REDS grant or a Regional Economic Development Grant. So it's a really good opportunity of money to be reinvested into capacity building in our region. And the third thing is that last year, Leanne launched a new pantry line called Pantry 388. Hmm. And in there is some Chapman Valley Show award-winning chilli oil, amongst other things. So why don't I hand over to you, Todd, to yeah. break this down a bit and get the story behind Leanne and Wayne Absolutely. and everything they're doing out there. All right, Leanne, once again, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, all right, Chapman Valley Fishing Park. So let's just start with that right there. Uh, how long have you been involved with the Chapman Valley Fishing Park? Well, we originally bought the land, I think, roughly 1990. Um, we didn't actually start doing anything. Horticulture first, mm. uh, rock melons, honeydews. Yep. Um, then we went uh, and decided we wanted to change from that. Um, we knew of another builder that just came back from overseas and he had looked into fish farms overseas. Uh, so we met up with him and that is when we decided to go in that direction. Um, took a lot to dig the ponds, not by hand, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but eventually, yeah, we got the pond stud, got the fish in there and we started breeding. Um, it was We didn't know what we were doing, but it seemed at that stage to be quite easy to breed. Um, but over the years, it has become a little bit more difficult, uh, mainly, I think, due to the water uh, temperature and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So that makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, we are registered as a commercial silver perch farm. We also have uh, marin yabbies out there for sale as well. And we try and breed them up every year. Yeah. Wow. Mm. All right. So uh, someone was to uh, travel over there today. Yeah. What would they find? Uh, they'd find roughly 15 ponds out wow. there. We've actually got a big cafe shop area. Got a fingling shed, uh, and as uh, Gilly said, we've got our beautiful big hot house out there. Yeah. So when did this? Uh, when did the hot house start? Um, so this was before COVID. So we'd say roughly six, seven years ago. Okay. We actually had to frame up, but we didn't have the funds to actually finish it off. Uh, that's when we applied for the Reds grant, yeah. and we were lucky enough to receive that. So um, ever since then, it's been just all. Full on. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> okay, so um, what do you grow in the hothouse and what do you use it for? So we, because it was a red scrap under tourism, uh, we decided to plant as much as we could in there so people could come along, pick their veggies, and we'd actually cook that up with the fish or the marin um, mm. that they chose from the fingling shed. Mm. Um, so it's massive range out there. We don't have enough, whereas we could pack it up and send it off to Perth. Yeah. Um, it has got huge range of herbs. Um, Tomatoes. Oh, uh, we've I might actually you. read from the yeah, magazine. Read, read, read from the magazine. Go for it. Because okay. yeah. um, he's got uh, beans, ginger, peas, beetroot, celery, chilli, capsicum, eggplant, cucumbers, zucchini, sponges, not sure what that one was. <laughs> Flowers, passion fruit, bananas and mangoes. Far out. Plus There's, more. Plus more. Plus more. <laughs> and I think one of the things is while um, Leanne and Wayne don't sell into, say, Canning Vale Markets or mm. something like that, there are a number of food services outlets in town that hop out uh, or that Leanne and Wayne supply. So that local produce is turning up in menus all mm. over the place in town, which is really exciting. Wow. That's incredible. Mm, All right, yeah. so you've got the Chapman Valley Fishing Park, you've got the hot house out, out there. So what prompted you to think, to go for, well, maybe I should do a pantry line? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was mainly the last 18 months. Uh, we haven't had as many tourists out there as what we wanted. Um, so this was just an idea that came up from uh, wanting to actually have another income and also the wastage that was going out of that hothouse. Mm. Um, so we thought we've got to do something with that. And that's when I decided to come up with all these new products. So what was that process like? What was what was the, like the trial and error phase? Like where did you start? Um, I had a really lovely chef out there, um, Gail, which helped me out enormously. She came up with these fantastic recipes. Mm. Um, so she, we tried them all. Um, it took a while for me to actually get my labels, logos. That was a very hard process, I must admit. It was harder than actually coming up with the recipes. Huh. Yeah. Um, but I got there eventually. And because we do 
so many variants of chilies out there, um, I decided to go ahead more with those type of recipes mm. um, with a few lighter ones um, yep. for people that don't like chilies. Mm. It- uh- Sorry, Gilly. No, well, I'm just saying it's a really good example of, um, I suppose, what we refer to as a value add Mm. is looking at either food waste or other what we call post-farm gate, you know, um, options. And I think it's been also looking at diversity of income and that's, you know, security and sustainability for your business Mm. Um, so that as some things go up, others go down and, you know, you've got a balancing balancing factor there. And also you've got a great setup in there. Do you want to talk? a little bit about like your kitchen and and the buildings you know infrastructure out there as well yeah we've got a um commercial cafe out there uh commercial kitchen i should say um we were doing lunches so day and sunday to uh, as you say value add-on um to the actual fishing side of it um there hasn't been so many tourists i think the tourist numbers are down yeah. A lot. Um, so, yeah, we were struggling the last sort of 12 months um, on the weekends and that. So um, at this stage, the cafe is closed. Yeah. Okay. But we've still got the shop that's open. Um, people can still come out. We've got a beautiful g- double gazebo area where people can bring their own food out, have a barbecue. Yeah. Um, we get a lot of uh, birthday parties out there. Um, so now we're actually starting to look at having retreats. Mm. Um, there's a massive function area. Um, we can hold roughly, say, 150 to 200 people out there. Uh, another area we're looking at is, um, astronomy. Having, um, that out there. Uh, So a few things coming up this year that we hope to look into. 